welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson. And as always, here joined by head men's basketball coach, coach, coach Mark Figuera. Coach, another week down, getting uh, closer to the end of the regular season here. How are things going? Well, they're going, Bobby. You know, had an interesting week. Some highs, some lows, but uh, we're pushing forward. Absolutely. And let's let's dive into this week here. And let's start with last Wednesday. I uh, traveled on the road, played a, a Midland team who uh, I know we talked about uh, earlier in the year. The record might not show it right away, but uh, a team that really gets after you defensively, um, gritty team. And uh, unfortunately, came up on the losing end there Wednesday night and just kind of seemed like one of those games that whenever we would make a little bit of a run and needed to get that uh, that kill, uh, those three stops in a row, just was really tough to do and kind of clamp down and get over that hump. Yeah, I, the first 10, 12 minutes of the game, we did some good things. Um, and we actually had a seven-point lead at 25 to 18. And then at halftime, we're down 35 to 28. And, you know, that was a really frustrating way to end the half because I thought we, like I said, we had a little momentum going. We pushed the lead a little bit. And then and a couple turnovers led to easy points for Midland. Uh, we took a couple really bad shots, uh, didn't let the offense flow much. And then after halftime, they just came out and punched us in the face. And, you know, that lead went from 7 to 25 really fast. I think all in all it was a 27 to 3 run at some point. And that's, that's really disappointing, obviously. And give credit to the guys who played the last seven, eight minutes. They they really made a push back and cut it to seven twice. But you're just you're not gonna win when you spot somebody twenty-five points in the second half with you know, especially being on the road. So pretty disappointing night for us. And I, I thought we really shot ourselves in the foot a couple times, and that's not to take anything away from Midland. I thought they played really well. I thought they were really dialed in to what they wanted to do defensively. And, and they had some kids really make some shots. So you give a lot of credit to them. But I just – I don't think that was anywhere near our best effort or what we're capable of doing. And and that was that was really frustrating, which led to a couple days of uh, let's get this right and let's get it figured out now um, of practice. So – which we'll talk about Saturday's game, but that's definitely what happened. But let's circle back. I'm glad you brought up that uh, the first 10, 12 minutes because uh, maybe right away from the tip, guys didn't uh, get off to the right start. I know with in the first few possessions, called a timeout, uh, kind of woke the guys up a little bit. But I thought after that timeout, the guys really responded kind of offensively. I mean, uh, I thought the ball movement was really good, got some sides of the floor, got a few paint touches, and uh, had some really good looks for shooters like uh, Nick Hoyt and Connor Groves maybe – uh, just didn't fall, but had to have been happy with kind of how they responded after the timeout. Um, so, so with that, I mean, you talk about how you uh, move the ball sides of the floor and you played really well. Unfortunately, at halftime, you kind of gave up the lead and everything. Is that kind of what you talked to the guys at halftime about saying, hey, we have this 10, 12 minute stretch that we were playing really good offense. Let's kind of get back to this. Or what did that halftime talk kind of kind of look like on your end? Well, I don't know. It wasn't very pleasant. Um I just uh, – I reminded the guys, like, hey, here's the scouting report. This is exactly what we're trying to do. And, and when we were doing that, 
things were going okay for us. And, and when you, when you veer off course, then things don't go nearly as well. And there was just some defensive breakdowns that were not good guys, leaving their feet in the paint, giving up easy layups offensively. We talked a lot about getting into the paint, kicking out, swinging the ball, moving it and finding the paint the second time. And we just, we really didn't get to that the last six, seven minutes of the first half. And so, we talk all the time about just staying the course, do what we do, stay with it. Even if shots aren't falling over the course of time, it's going to wear teams down. And when you, when, if you don't make a bunch of shots early and you veer off course, that's a recipe for disaster. And and unfortunately we were reminded of that on Wednesday. Yeah. And unfortunately Wednesday, like I said, came up on the losing end, lost 84 to 73 to Midland. And, and you mentioned it earlier after that game had a couple days of, Hey guys, let's figure this out. Let's get it right. And but you think about it, coach. What an absolute response by the guys on Saturday at home, back in front of the faithful uh, on a big day, one hundred three to seventy three against Dakota Wesson. And if you ever needed a bounce back game, holy smokes, what uh, what a complete game it seemed like from the guys from from start to finish. Yeah, of all the frustrations from from Wednesday at Midland, I didn't feel like when Midland threw a couple punches. I don't think we fought back all that much. And when we did, it was too late. And that was kind of our theme going into that game is we're going to fight. We're going to play aggressive and we're going to give it literally everything we have. And, and from the get go, I thought guys were really dialed in from a scouting report standpoint. I think Dakota Weslin, when they're comfortable and they can move the ball and get it where they want to get it, they're pretty dang good offensively and they can really shoot it. And I thought we took them out of rhythm in that regard. And when you look at it, we scored 52 points in the in the first half, 103 for the game. We we were able to build a lead and, and get things going on offensively in the flow of the game because we were defended at a really high level. And like I said, 10 minutes in, probably 15, 18 possessions, Dakota Wesleyan only scored 10 points. And then all of a sudden, things start to open up. We got a couple great looks, forced a couple turnovers, got a layup, got a three in transition. And when when that starts happening, everything in the half court gets a little bit easier. And I thought our guys executed offensively really well. We had a run of possession where we ran sets about six, seven times in a row. And pretty much every one of them, we got a good look out of it. And so that was for sure the best half of basketball we've played all year and and you take that big of a lead in the half there's not necessarily a ton of adjustments other than maybe trying to guess what what the other team's going to try to do but uh we were I got after him a little bit at halftime a a really good team is gonna is not gonna let Dakota Wesson think they can get back in this game and we came out and, and extended the lead right away and I don't ever want to say a game was over, but it, I, I felt like it was over pretty quick. And, you know, we were able to play a lot of guys. And uh, and the guys who came in, the guys who don't play very often, I thought they did a great job. They competed. Um, and all in all, it was just a, it was a, it was a really good win for us. And I was I was happy with the guys. I was proud of the guys for for playing that hard, for for playing with that kind of urgency and attention to detail throughout the game. And that's that's something we can absolutely build on here for these last few weeks. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the last few guys on the bench who 
we don't normally see uh, that came in because it just seemed like, I mean, one through 15, 16 collectively um, on the roster there, whenever there was maybe a slight momentum change where Dakota Wesleyan made a shot or two or, or got a stop and was kind of felt like they could go on a little bit of a run here and use some of that physicality. It just seemed like the guys just took the punches and just dished them right back. I mean, it didn't matter if the starting five was on the floor, if it was bench guys. I mean, that was a hundred. That was so impressive to watch. I mean, just everyone collectively until like the final whistle, even the bench guys was like, okay, Dakota Westing hit a three, made a run. We're going to come down and we're going to make a basket. And like, we'll trade a little bit. We'll get some stops. And just really impressive. Had to been felt or happy one through 16 collectively of every single guy that came in. They took the punches, but holy smokes, we gave them right back in a hurry yeah yeah I, th- I thought from start to finish I thought our guys did a really good job and sometimes those guys at the end of the bench they they spend their days leading up to that running Dakota Wesland stuff and trying to be Dakota Wesland and so they're not going to be maybe as in tune with a game plan but we just told them go in and compete go in and play hard you know what we do offensively move the ball good things happen it's uh it's all about staying the course, stick with it. And when, when we're doing what we do best, we're, we're pretty good. And, and frankly, it doesn't matter who's on the floor for us at that point. Yeah. And like I said, Saturday came away with a really impressive 103 to 73 victory at home against Dakota Wesleyan. And then we look to this week, uh, another two big time games, GPAC. Let's start with Wednesday um, at home against the Mount Marty team, who we went on the road to Yankton and, and won a close one, 80 to 76 earlier in the year. And, a Mount Marty team who has given a lot of teams in the GPAC some fits um, similar to Midland in a sense of what I said earlier of maybe their record doesn't show it, but uh, they've got some guys who can really put the ball on the floor and score when they need to. Uh, they get after you defensively, um, maybe a little sneaky athletic in a sense that some people give them credit for, but some guys that can definitely fill it up and a good Mount Marty team coming to the Flanagan center here on Wednesday night. Yeah. It, yeah. It was November 16th when we played these guys last and that seems like an eternity ago and even going back watching that film there's just so many things that we were doing or trying to do at that point that have been tweaked or completely overhauled in some regards and so you don't necessarily get a great feel of we guarded something like this but now we're not even going to think about guarding something like that but you go back to that game and it was kind of a weird game in the sense that both halves, we found ourselves in a double-digit deficit coming out of the gates. I think we got down 10-0 to start the game, trailed a good chunk of the first half, settled in, got a little bit of a lead, end up tied at halftime. And then second half, you look up like four minutes in, and we were down 12 or something like that. And that's not a good place to be on the road, as you know. But, uh, again, guys kind of settled in got some stops, got the ball moving, worked for some great shots and came away with a four point win. I mean, we had to, we had to scratch and fight and claw for every possession of that one, especially late. And so now, you know, seven, eight weeks later, whatever it is, we play them again. And, uh, you know, you said it, their, their record's not phenomenal, but they swept Dakota Wesleyan on the year. Um, they beat Concordia handily just a few weeks ago who is a really good team and and they played some of the top teams in the league tough and so we know we're going to get their best effort um 
they've got a guy in Tash Lunday who's one of the leading scorers in the league. He's a big guard who can do a lot of things. They've got shooters. They're really aggressive defensively. They're going to try to disrupt everything we do. Um, and so I almost, I almost made a joke today in the scouting report. Our, our scouting reports lately have looked very similar to each other because we're just really trying to drive the point home that, that we need to focus on doing what we do first. And every game there's going to be a couple things here or there we're going to tweak offensively to try to attack how we're being guarded. Or There's a couple things defensively we need to focus on actions we're going to guard a lot of but when it comes down to it we need to do what we do we need to stay with that and we need to be ready to fight every single night you just saying that kind of brought up a question and you answered it a little bit and and i'm aware myself of of how in-depth and detailed scouting reports are for for briarcliff but in in a time of the year such as now um as we're getting to play each each gpac team a second time through here do those do those scouting reports for you guys start to look more predicated towards hey let's let's get better at Briar Cliff let's make sure we're hammering this emphasis a little bit more so than it is kind of the opponent I mean does it kind of weigh a little sixty forty in the sense of the sixty percent of the scouting report is going to be what we can control and getting better at our stuff compared to uh, kind of their sets and what they're guarding or is it still pretty much that fifty fifty. It's probably close to 50-50, and, and this one's a little unique because it's just been so long since we played. And, and we have two situations here in February, Malmarty being one and then Concordia in a couple weeks from now, where the, the gap in between is so big that you're kind of reintroducing some things as opposed to you look at Saturday, we played Dakota Wesson on January fifth or something or sixth or something like that and we played them again on the 28th and so that's just a little fresher in everybody's minds and there's not going to be as much change or different stuff in the span of three weeks as there is in seven or eight weeks so kind of depends on the opponent it kind of depends on how the season's going I mean we've had times in the past where we've played somebody in December and by early February they've completely changed what they're doing or we've completely changed and so there's always certain things we're going to hammer home. We want the guys to understand personnel, you know, who's a shooter, who's a driver, um, things like that. But it's, it's always going to be about us, but there's certain things we're definitely looking at when it comes to our opponent as well. Yeah. And that's, that's Wednesday night. Men and women are at home at the Flanagan center against Mount Marty. The women's game is going to tip off at six men's game at 745 here and and we got to take it one game at a time and you never want to go into a, a game day and overshadow and look to Saturday already but uh, let's talk about Saturday uh, crosstown rivalry got the second round matchup here with Morningside uh, at the Flanagan Center earlier in the year uh, kind of a back and forth contest I mean Flanagan Center was packed great atmosphere like it always is no matter if it's um, at Briarcliff, at Morningside unfortunately lost that 176 to 70 but we're playing a Morningside team here on on Saturday, it seems like they've really kind of hit their stride this point in the year. I know as we're recording this here on Tuesday night, uh, they had a weather makeup game here last night on Monday. They traveled up to Jamestown and uh, both Morningside and Jamestown playing for sole possession, uh, if I if I believe correctly, in, in the GPAC. And unfortunately, Jamestown came away with an 81-71 win. But you look at Saturday, uh, going to Morningside, um, it's their alumni day. They got some things going on. It's definitely going to be a big crowd again and stuff for that. Going to be a great atmosphere. But 
playing a really good Morningside team who they're getting a little bit more production, it seems like, out of their their bigs with Doble. But you look at their guard play with uh, Vanderloo and Scoff and holy smokes, I mean, one through five, he got a team like we talked about uh, a while ago and we played them that can really give you fits. And I know Coach Miller's got him playing well right now. Yeah, I mean, they're top 20 team in the country. Um, they're really good, I think. Above all else, I, they play so hard. Um, and I, I think they have an ability to wear teams down. And as I look at Morningside, and it happened against us the first time, they get to a point in the second half where they just kind of explode into a 10-2 to two run or 12-4 to four or something like that. And that's exactly what happened the first time we played them. It was – I think we were down two or three three at half is a really, really good first half. And we felt okay about where we were at at halftime, had a couple things we really wanted to to hammer home in the second half. And you look up with eight minutes left and we were down 12 or 13 or something like that. And they're just, they're really good at that. And I think when you play them, you have to be relentless. You have to play on the attack because they're really aggressive. Defensively, they're really aggressive. They put a lot of pressure on your defense, um, and you know it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun game. We we need to be ready to go, and that's one. Uh, you know we'll start to really dig into that on Thursday here after the Mount Marty game, but uh, it's going to be a fun one. You know we have a great opportunity to get two more this week and and see where see where we go afterwards. So it's. It's one at a time. It's it's pushed forward and it's it's ready to ready to fight every single night. And and it seems like, yeah, Morningside and I agree with you in the second half, they always kind of have that 10 to 2, 12 2 or or 10 0 run, it seems like. And I remember that even all the way back to my first year as a student coach with you guys, or even the year before that, just doing stats and things. And I guess have you kind of always felt with your time in the G Pack, has Morningside kind of always been like that? Um, or has it kind of been something um, as of lately? Because uh, I was curious. I mean, Coach Miller's got him doing it now. Is that something you remember back even when Coach Miller was playing at Morningside? Would they traditionally kind of have that little spurt in the second half or just kind of depends you know, on personnel? I really don't. I don't I don't remember that far back. Um, it's – I mean, they've been a good program. And, you know, you, you can look at the last eight years and GPAC championships been us or Morningside every year and i mean two of those were were shared with other people too uh they shared one with dakota Wesleyan. we shared one with concordia but it's pretty impressive when you think about that and so i think a lot of it is they, they've been really good and i think that's what really good teams do and so i don't know that it's just specific to them or anything like that but they've definitely done a good job of that this year and i i think the teams that have had some success have been able to stop those runs before they started, stop them before it, you know, there's a big difference between a six to two run and a, and a 12 to four run. It, there's so much more to that than just the simple math. But uh, thinking back to that first game, what hurt us was we, we took care of the ball really well and Morningside forced a lot of turnovers with how they play defense. We didn't turn it over a ton, but two or three of them were very ill-timed that led directly to Morningside layups. And those are killers. And so we have to find a way to, to try to eliminate those. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I'm sure it'll be a packed crowd. Um, it's, what you, it's what you play for. 
you know, you get to you get to play in a game like that. It's pretty special. Yeah, big one on Saturday coming up here over at Morningside across town. Women's game for that's going to tip off at two with the men to follow at 345. So two chances this week uh, if you're in town, one road and one away game. But you got to stay in town here. So Wednesday at home in the Flanagan Center against Mount Marty. And then Saturday just going across town to play Morningside here. Like I said, Wednesday night, women at 6, men at 7.45, and then Saturday, the women at 2, and the men at 3.45. Well, Coach, it's time for the shout-out section. I know uh, one that uh, we always like to do, just giving a shout-out for the last week or a couple weeks here, so let's have you kick us off for your shout-out here from the last week. Yeah, it's uh, this one's pretty simple. You know, Coach Forbes went into the Hall of Fame on Saturday, and so it's it's shout-out to him. And we've talked about that on here already, how how well deserved that was, and it was it was awesome to just be a part of that. I, I was fortunate enough to be the one who got to introduce him at the at the lunch we had, and you know his family's here, ton of former players back, and it's just fitting that that we did play Dakota Wesleyan because that's. For Coach Forbes, that was always a little bit of a rivalry. Um, and and when he played at Briar Cliff, both of our teams were in the midst of pretty impressive runs. And so we played some very, very big games, very important games against them. And and then to go just to have our guys go out and play the way they did just made it made it all the better. And I, I told the guys Friday night, talking about just what was going to happen with the hall of fame stuff during the day and, and all that stuff. I just said, Hey, beyond everything else, coach Forbes did whatever it took to win as a player. And if, if you want to honor coach Forbes on his hall of fame day, just go play like that. And, and to see the guys do that, it was, it was pretty awesome. So shout out to, to coach Forbes, shout out to our guys and, and shout out for everybody involved for, for making it a pretty special day for him. I also did think it was very fitting as well that it was Dakota West. And then I, I was thinking back throughout the entire game of those those four years he was there and the class that we had with him and Leffler and, and Shane and, and the teams that Dakota Westing had. I mean, you think in those four years, the amount of not only all GPAC selections, but all Americans that both teams had. It was, it was quite the run there that Coach you and uh, you and Coach Wilbur had for those those four, five, six years with all those guys both programs just absolutely loaded. So those are always fun games. Yeah, they're uh I don't know that there was all that much scouting and coaching going on in those games. Coach Wilbur and I joked about that the other day. It's when you got guys like Brian Forbes and Trey Berg and Shane Graves and Tate Martin and Ty Hoagland and Jay Wolf on the court, it's uh you look back, some of those games are pretty fun to go back and watch sometimes. I mean there was games we'd play early in the year and it would be in the it would be in the nineties or low one hundreds. And uh that, that those were pretty fun. Yeah, that definitely I mean I got my own shout out, but wanna piggyback off you. Big shout out to Coach Forbes. I know he does a lot for the program now and, and you'll speak on that, but what he's done for the program too has been awesome. And it was great seeing everyone back. So huge shout out to Coach Forbes on that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a uh, quick one here to my wife. I know the last couple of weeks I came back from Mexico. That's why we didn't have uh, a podcast, but in that time too, we got a new pup in the household. So I want to give a shout out to her for 
taking on the training and everything like that while I was gone and, and being a big influence and, and being the one that has spearheaded that. So big shout out to Courtney. She's been a rock star for that. So that's been big time. Yeah, your life's gotten a lot more hectic, I bet. Just a little bit, especially in the apartment, but it's all good. He's uh, He's been awesome. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Once again, two times and two chances this week uh, to stay in town and watch the Chargers Wednesday at home in the Flanagan against Mount Marty. Women's game at 6, men at 7.45, and then Saturday traveling across town to play Morningside. Women's going to tip off there at 2 with a men at 3.45. So two more chances this week to go out and watch the Chargers in action. Two great games. Coach, best of luck. Uh, time to go get two more, build on that momentum from Saturday, and we'll talk to you here next week and keep her plugging away. Sounds good. Thanks, Bobby.